Welcome to Backdoor Cover. I'm Ross Bolin here at the Grand X Media Studios in Austin, Texas with Dan Regester. Philly just keeps winning, Ross. City of Champions. Shut up, Dan. And Dylan Shivery. Billy, Billy, Billy boy. Hi. We also have a guest here with us today by the name of Jared Borslow. You let him back in the doors again. I didn't let him in. This was not my idea. He was just here when we showed up. I will say right off the bat that I was told I cannot do a zone. You cannot do a zone. But Ross did say that if 50 different people tweeted him saying, not say bring this. back the bone zone, did he not will let this. the bone zone happen. So Every single person that tweets that at me will be blocked. I'm just letting you know that outright right now. It's worth the risk because maybe I'm telling the truth. Who do you trust, me or Ross? Probably Ross. Sometimes I low-key miss the bone zone. A lot of people have been saying that. They high-key miss it. I miss the really? chime. For sure. Micah, can you just hit the chime for old <laughs> time's sake? Micah, hit the chime. Micah, hit the chime. The rib kid's xylophone has me in stitches every time he goes. Motherfucker, dude. Stitches. Motherfucker. If, if you miss it's the bones, zi- it, it's a xylophone that's a rib cage, Bill. How you not like that? <laughs> yeah, it's, I love that it's shit. It's primal in a way. I love the I love the song and I love the the animation. You don't like I Jared. I just hate Jared. Yeah. That's well, fair. everybody who's been clamoring, you got the chime. I hope that's enough for now. But tweet it, Ross. Go on Whatever. with the show, Ross. All right, look. The national championship was last night. March Madness thus ends. Uh, nobody cares how your bracket ended up. But, Jared, you got to go to the game? Yes, I did. I was there. Me and Will DeFreeze went. He was in the midst of Dante's Inferno. Will, Why were you there? A Wisconsin fan. Why was Will there? Will's a Michigan fan. Here's what happened. I, Me and my friend, I had a friend flying into town, and we were going to go together just because he wanted to do it because he was going to be in town. I'm putting friend in air quotes for everybody. Somebody FYI. somebody who I know, and he was in New York, and every flight got canceled, so we couldn't make it, so I frantically found somebody, and it was Will, who was from Michigan and claims to be a Michigan fan. And I'll tell you, with how devastated he was, he is definitely not a Michigan fan. He didn't really care. He didn't go to Michigan, just for the record. He went, he to, went to Miami, of, Miami Ohio. of Ohio. Go Red Hawks. Which is like the opposite of going to Michigan. So he grew up a Michigan fan, kind of like I grew up a Villanova fan. Did you really grow up a Villanova yeah, fan? Yeah, I used to go to basketball camp there. You know, I didn't even know it was in Philadelphia until like it's mainline. eight hours ago. It's like 10 minutes away from my house. So is it a lot of guys with like diamond studs? Is it like Northeast Catholic? Like All right, so mainline in Villanova is like the preppy Philadelphia people. What is mainline? Are you saying are you it's saying the mainlining? Like is, that, yeah, is that a heroin thing? No, the place is like the, the the area is called the mainline. Okay, that says a lot. It's about a little Philly. outside. It's cla- It's it's classier. It's not trashy. It's not Delco. It's nice. And it's like the preppy Philly. You're from Delco. I'm from Delco. Yeah, okay. but I, I would occasionally go to their basketball. Where's Divincenzo from? Oh, he's from Delaware. They call him the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Seriously, I'm not making that. They up. really call him yes. that. He's from Wilmington, Delaware. That's offensive to me. His hair pisses me off. Yeah, but his whole face and body, everything about him, Delaware is essentially Pennsylvania. It's just you go there to get like, uh, since they don't have sales tax, you go there to get electronics and booze. Yeah, I don't. I don't think of it to be like its own state, really. Not really. Not. I want to talk trash about Delaware, but we have one employee from Delaware who, if if I talk loud enough, could hear me right now. It is the first state, Connor. He's from Delaware. Yes. I've never known anyone from Delaware in my life. You do now. Well, you always have, I guess. But. Was it Veronica from Delaware? She went to school at Udell. She's from She's New Jersey. From Jersey. And yeah. fun fact, Joe Flacco. If we're talking about sports in this podcast, All Joe Flacco, shit. Delaware yeah. Blue Hen. All that shit kind of washes Flacco? together. Joe Flacco. Oh. That whole area of the United States. His brother's like, name is John. I, I mean, I, it I all bleeds know. together. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I get that. Well, how was the experience of being at the game, Jared? Okay, I know so, it was completely wasted on you, but what? how was it? Yeah, I, I wore my Wisconsin Badger shirt. A lot of Wisconsin people wearing Wisconsin gear. It was kind of weird, but I really liked it. That's... I think one of my favorite parts, slow key, about the atmosphere is watching everybody like me who is wearing a t-shirt or a jacket from a different school walk around there. Can I just point out how trash that move is? Going to a sporting event and wearing the uniform and or gear of a team that is uninvolved in said event is pathetic. What do you wear? No, no, no. That you're so wrong. Because do you wear just more like black? You ha- tell me over you half the people. Dress neutral if you don't have a, a yeah, horse you dress, in the race. Oh, no. No, no, no. You oh. wear half the people there were wearing school random yeah, schools gear. It's San Antonio. Half the people there. I, no, that's not true. That is an idiotic statement. Yeah. Also speaks to how shitty college basketball fans are. That's not general. true. Uh, so like I, I bet there's a bunch of Loyola fans that probably like just booked yeah before the Final Four and they're like, well, we got to stay here anyway and we we have tickets. Mm-hmm. So wear so normal fucking clothes, dude. I'm not saying don't go to the game. I'm saying don't rep Loyola no. as if your team is in the fucking game and it's not. See, as somebody who didn't go, you wouldn't understand that part of the fun. If you don't have a dog in the race fight, what's the saying? Fight. Either I, that's rude. I'm gonna say dog in the race. Like I think that there is dog racing. Mike yeah. Vick. If you don't have a dog in the race, then most of the fun is walking around and trying to find other people wearing the same school's gear as That's you. That's not most of the fun. If you were a pathetic, lonely piece, I had a yes. great time walking around saying, That's just go, a badge, side go badge, go badge, go badge. Which doing makes that. no sense. This is, just, not, this is just backing up everything I think I'm going to defend Jared here. Uh, the last three years, Villanova has gone, what, 12-1, uh, and 13-1, and the one team they lost to... His Which badge. has nothing to do with him wearing a Wisconsin shirt. Literally. Well, no, it's, yeah, it does because it's like, hey, Wisconsin's here. We are better than Nova, as we proved last year. Yeah, like if if Spellman plays last year, they probably go back to back to back. But because he didn't, uh, Nigel Hayes goes baseline, wins the game. So anyways. You guys stopped the dynasty. We did. We did stop the dynasty. Now, I don't even know what you're talking about. Here, here's what I will say. <laughs> I went in. I had no idea what the atmosphere of a college national championship game was going to be like. And I always wondered it's what trash. a college basketball championship game would be like because half of the tickets are owned by fans of teams that are not playing in it. Because, you know, Final Four tickets get you into the Final Four games and the national championship game. So all the Loyola fans and all the Kansas fans who bought tickets. You know what? Championships in general are often overhyped for that reason. I went to the Super Bowl, for example. A lot of just like corporate type people who get tickets to those things and don't yeah. really care about the game go to stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there's 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 really bad examples, and the Super Bowl and the Final Four are two yeah. of the worst. Yes. Where it's not, not all, some championships are tight as fuck. Foot, college football, for example, it's pretty much all fans of those teams. World Series because you, you have mostly long, you have, fans you have of those teams. You have a long teams. time to you know in advance to you know purchase your ticket. You I know feel like really it's the NFL and the. All the college championships that are the worst. But here's what I'm going to say. I was very pleasantly surprised that the Alamo Dome was full. There was like no, the only actually, oddly enough, area that wasn't full was like half of the Michigan student section. That is a shit venue to watch a basketball. Yeah, I got to say. Shit. Okay, let's go. Let's <laughs> talk about that. If you, I, you might have seen some pictures. I haven't really posted Y'all had any. shit seats. So in the corner. From where my seats were in the Alamo Dome, from where my seats were, if I looked straight ahead, I was looking halfway in between the outside of the stadium and the court. Literally, there was yeah. half of the stands for, for those, to my right. For those were, the Alamo Dome it was constructed as like a multi-purpose sporting venue. Right. So it's definitely not set up for just basketball. Basketball is like one of the things it can do. Like it's you can, supposed to you host like football games. E- even 
Yeah. They need to stop but having even basketball Even when they set it up for football, stadiums. it's still like kind of wonky in there. It's is a that, weird venue. There's not a single good seat in, in the Alamo Dome for basketball. Is that the basketball. Spurs Stadium? They, it used to be. Okay. Oh, this is the old Spurs Stadium? Yeah, they stadium? used to play in the Alamo Holy Dome. Holy shit, that place yeah. sucks ass. Yeah, when when they when they played, they had like a big curtain down the middle of the of the stadium, of the dome. It was weird. It just constr- it just constructed. Fuck. I'm not lying. That when so I, ha- half the half the Alamo Dome was like off limits during a Spurs game. They just had a big curtain and then like a smaller venue set up inside like a, the Alamo. Like dome. a middle school gym, kind of weird. Would have a yeah. curtain to separate yeah. the two courts. Just not a good place to watch sports. Okay. Yeah, I I will agree because I will say that, in all honesty. My neck was craned 45 degrees to the right in order to watch the game. <laughs> that's trash. I was literally looking. That's trash. I couldn't. And that's to watch the whole game. Like I, and I was so far away. If you look straight ahead, you're just staring at like the you know bleachers. Yes. And I was so far away that with my head craned 45 degrees, I didn't have to move it. I could, I, my eyes could scan the whole rest of the court. So I could just sit there like this with, just with my head turned sideways and not move at all and just watch the entire that's game. That's garbage. It was I, one I of the say, worst basketball stadiums I could ever imagine. I am a little happier just with that image in my head of you permanently yeah. stuck that way. But did you turn your whole body or just your head? I, I, I cheated a little bit. I turned yeah. I turned my body. That's just, fair. Just go up on one hip a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. was the game being absolutely trash uh, better or worse for your experience? Would you say I had a great first like eight minutes when Michigan was ahead and like and Villanova wasn't hitting shots. Let, let's just put it out there. You took the Michigan money line. Well, I had about uh, $12 left with my bookie, and so I put all of it on Michigan Moneyline because I figured, you know, you got to spend money to make money if you got to dig yourself out of that hole. That's right, I, I love that you're, you're gambling $12 on a game. Yes, <laughs> and that I'm going to. Usually people who go to, like, national championship games will put a few hundred down. That's truly sad. Most people won't even let you put $12 on a game. There's, like, a minimum of 25 Well, I'm paying him out, so he'll probably yeah, let we me all do it again. Have, we all have the same bookie, so. Oh, yeah. It, it works out. <laughs> Jared, I forgot you. Yeah, it's not going well right now. I had Nova plus or minus seven and a half, so that was nice. I had uh, Michigan plus seven, and then at, at halftime, I took Michigan money line plus four thirty-five. Uh, neither of those bets hit for those who didn't watch the game. No, because uh, Dante DiVincenzo came into our lives the, off the bench as somebody again who had no dog in the race. I was the only entertaining part of that game after Villanova took over was just watching DiVincenzo be unable to miss like him just firing threes from half court it was one of those things where everybody in like the section was talking you know whenever he had the ball in their hands everybody's just like dude he's gonna fucking on shoot twitter it. i described him as looking like the popular villain that uses the n-word with his boys and loses his scholarship for selling ecstasy do you think that's accurate why is that a villain in a movie does that no i'm yeah, what, saying that's what, what basketball like. movie I think you mean antagonist <laughs> yeah like, villains like a guy who's trying to like Destroy the world. Yeah, yeah, like rob a bank. I stand by my original word. <laughs> he strikes me as someone trying to destroy the world. Yeah. Well, he did. we did uh, dig up all of his old tweets. We started talking about... He was like 13, 14 years old. He's talking about getting his butthole licked by girls. Nice. Yeah, he's talk, <laughs> yes. talking talking about like... eat. That's a 13-year-old? Talking about like eating cock. <laughs> There's a tweet like when he's like 12 where it's, he said his dad called him a pussy because he didn't want to play soccer. I saw him drop a, an N-bomb, but it was the one that ends with... A not it was a Meek was Mill, a Mill it, lyric. Called it was also it. a Meek Mill lyric, I think. Okay, it's no excuse. Hey, local um, white guy. So yeah, going back to the atmosphere, was very surprised at how full it was. I mean, people were getting into it, and especially like when Michigan was down, there were some points. If you remember, kind of like halfway through the second half, 
when Michigan was like trying to make a run, but then DiVincenzo hit back-to-back threes and just completely buried them. That's what Villanova does. You you make a shot, they make a three. So they were Michigan fans were getting into it. Like everybody was standing up cheering when they cut the it to like twelve or fourteen, and then Villanova just like, no, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. And then Michigan fans shut up. And then I made my joke when they started leaving for the exits about how they were making a beeline for the exits. Yo, that was, that was a, a solid pun. They le- they put out a statement that said his account was hacked. They they've since retracted that statement yeah. after realizing it was six seven tw- years ago. Yeah, his account was hacked in 2012. Yeah, you can't hack retroactively. Somebody <laughs> went in a time machine and tweeted these things. Shut the That's fuck so up, stupid. Villanova scumbag school. So That's, oh okay. What, what? So we, do we have our first Villanova hater. Have they won so much recently now that they are now a hateable program? Have they? That's what I'm asking you. My I rule is that you, they won this year. I think they're now they are now in talks. They're a blue blood program. No, you can't Duke. hate Did on they any win school. Last year? They've won two, two or three. Two, so two of three. They would have won last year if Spellman played. You can't hate on any school with less than eleven thousand students. How about this? They're going to run it back no, next year too. Can't do it. Like Bridges is probably going what? to the NBA. They have like less than eleven thousand students at Villanova. Also, you can't hate on any school. basketball is a fucking train wreck. Most of the schools have been suspended or had their titles stripped. There's coaches dropping left and right. Winning a championship right now like carries an asterisk with it. It's like who fucking not Jay cares? Wright, man. Jay Wright just recruiting kids at like the he Italian is not market. Clean, Dan. None of them are. Jay Wright He's is definitely not clean. clean. He's not Jay none Wright. Of them are. I will look not. At Jay Wright. Look at Jay Wright. Look at his <laughs> face. Look at, look at his whole body. He's not clean. Everything about him screams, "I've done things." What are you talking about, man? He always has to have a few Italians on the team. He gets a few guys that are in on his, on his roster for like two, three years. He's not a one and done guy. Like Bridges is going to the NBA probably. Brunson might. He's Player Dude, of the Year. He has four NBA guys on on that team right now. Yeah, I mean, DiVincenzo should probably go to the NBA now because like, his stock's never going to be higher. What and year is he? He's, I think he's a sophomore. So he's got like two more years. He was the sixth man, too. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. So he dropped 31. His stock's never going to be higher. I think people – I saw today he was like listed as a late first rounder, mid, early second rounder was like what they graded him. Well, I'm not listening to you. I'm reading tweets from DiVincenzo. Okay, here's a few. Uh, Dick at its finest – Tweeted that in 2012. Dick at its the one that Dan referenced, he said, "To my dad, I'm a pussy now because I because I don't want to play fucking soccer." <laughs> in Bell 2011, point, that's when he said that. That's in, awesome. in 2012, he tweeted, "I'm gay." <laughs> <laughs> Serious? <laughs> that's probably one of his friends. Remember when you'd hack your your friend's uh, Facebook or Twitter? Okay, well, explain this next one then. I like it when girls <laughs> lick my butthole. It's a life changing feeling. I referenced that. Yeah, I've never felt that. Yep. I just... I'm sure he, did, he didn't really know that either when he was like 13. This guy was old. eating ass way before all of us. Do you guys have any more questions about the Dante. national championship? Yeah. No, not really. How sad were Michigan fans? Uh, most of the ones I saw were pretty drunk. Before we let which, you go... Which is interesting because they don't sell alcohol in the stadium. So they must just... Right, you got the pregame. Hard. That's hard. Sucks. Yeah. Before we let you go, I want to point out that we had um, four-time Pro Bowler Doug English in here earlier. We interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Y'all will hear that here in a little bit, but is he a fan of the Bones? Jared zone? then sat in his seat. Has there ever been a bigger difference in masculinity from Doug English to Jared Borsell? I went from like talking uh, to my grandfather to talking to somebody who I just want to punch in the dick. Your grandfather's six six and like two sixty. No, guy is, but that level of like aura is a manly man through and through. And then we got J Bone over here in his schmedium T shirt. Yeah, up? What's yeah, up, but J Bone got off a solid pun last night. I did. Yeah. Making a beeline for you to tell us what it was. Yeah, he did. We, we still have that over Doug English. Yeah, I mean, I said they, they, Michigan fans are making a beeline for the exit. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Tweet. That one, it got featured on Twitter. 
by featured on Twitter, do you mean you hit the tweet button so it went on to Twitter? Yes. <laughs> I tweeted it, so it got featured on Twitter. Uh-huh. Featured spot on my page. What a shit game. Thanks for being with us, Jared. Awesome game. Really, it really was a good bad stuff. game. Go Nova. As somebody was there, bad game. What a fucking terrible sport college hey, basketball Jay, is. Hey, Jay, come back and see us soon. We love I, you. Dude, hey, yeah, please visit. I'm After s- 50 people tweet at Ross, sir, get out. You don't want to stay for the Masters Put preview? down the microphone and get out. Um, oh, Masters, Charlie Hoffman's going to win. Is he in the field? Yeah. He is? Okay, he he's is. winning. Please lock it in. He's not going to win. He's but, not winning. But thanks. No, he'll be in top That's J-Bones. Lock of the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, J-Bones. Uh, seriously, in all, in, I'm not trying to be a dick, and I'm not being... Uh, I'm not trying to be like hot take Dan. I think college basketball is my least favorite league. Well, yeah, because like you're you're used to the NBA where like guys just make shots. Hey, bro. The NCAA like basketball, they don't make shots. It fucking sucks, man. Like it. It's a terrible sport. They have a fucking possession era. What is this third grade church league? I don't get it. CYO ball. Shot clock's too long. Thirty it's, seconds. Dude, it's, it used to be longer. They're they're cutting down and uh, they're they're experimenting things like in the NIT they were doing quarters. They're, like they do. <laughs> why? Why do the women have quarters and the men don't? Because they're they're just testing things out. The NCAA. Dan and I bet on. Lower the rent. Mark Emmerich, man. Dan and I bet on the women's national championship game, and it didn't go well. Well, we we were up like fifteen, and then all of a sudden things went south. And look, for the record, I'm not even talking about women. I'm talking strictly men's NCAA basketball is truly unbearable to me. And one shining moment is the worst fucking song ever made. <laughs> The whole presentation is terrible. The commentators are terrible. Dicky V fucking sucks. They ruined Selection Sunday. Everything about college basketball is shit. And I don't want to fucking have a bunch of people will, coming uh, at I me on Twitter not, about I this shit, I will not dude. have that, Ross. College basketball is beautiful. And there's, dude, here's a the, here's the perfect explanation. The guy who was just in here with us is the type of moron who's like, college basketball is way better than the NBA. I don't, I don't How think could, that. There are people that think that, though, Dan. But I, that upsets I think they're like two different things. Yeah, I just appreciate college basketball for what it is. great. Wait. Villanova proved like Villanova's probably one of the best teams this year, last decade at least. You got to see a great, a truly great team beat the shit out of a truly awful team. They were not awful. They were a hot team that got Dude, cold. They got their ass whooped. That because was a Villanova beating. is incredible. They they covered every spread like their last two championship runs, twelve and zero against the spread. That's domination. Wow. That's alarming, is what it is. What that's terrible. That's not what you want. That's just not what you want. The Warriors, man. Nah, I can't. I, I don't know what it is, man. But I've hit my peak where like I could not hate college basketball more. I had to turn it off before one shining moment last night because I was just we didn't like, do so I hot during the tournament. Is what it is too. Like gambling was kind of hard. That didn't help. Like that I got my ass beat gambling, but I, I I'm dead serious. It didn't have that much to do with it because I get my ass beat gambling every year. It's the the entertain if I if I lose money but I'm entertained I'm cool like I'm like all right that was whatever it is what it is. Last night was just upsetting. I was actually angry with myself for even watching the game. Like in the fourth quarter when they were up twenty, I was just like, "What is this? You're just on the wrong side. What the fuck is this? No, even on the right side, like you can't honestly say you enjoyed that. that I was much. laughing every time Divincenzo hit a three and it went up like fifteen or seventeen. I was just like. Dude, it this one, was unreal. At one point when they got it down to like 10 and it was like, oh shit, they might make a game of this. And he just came down and just pulled up from the three point, like from five feet behind the three point line. Why? Another question. Why is the fucking three point line closer than the NBA? What is this? What I, talk- just, yeah. I don't get the logic behind all the rules that the NCAA decides they're going to enforce. It's like the same line as, do they move it back for a little further than high school though? And then 
I don't know. There's international. Then there's <laughs> NBA. Yeah, they should probably make it a universal. Everyone three. should just be using the same goddamn line. Can I tell you the worst rule in college basketball? The fucking one on one and one is so fucking dumb. Why is that a rule? It's Why does so that stupid. Exist? Just go to four quarters like the women. The women's game is better. Yeah, that's they want to go to four quarters so they go to clear four out quarters. the fa- five fouls, fouls become a problem. That's it. I don't like five fouls though. I think six because you have got you guys a guy that is one of your stars gets two fouls early on. He's on the bench for thirty minutes. Oh, well, I'm talking five fouls per quarter, not five fouls for. But foul I'm out. saying for, Make for players too. Make that's that six. Fine. But the the fact that the one and one is so fucking dumb and so obscure and so like it just has no point. Make your Where, free throws. Here's uh, what makes bullshit. Here's what makes no sense. The professional. League, the highest league in the land for your sport is what should determine the rules for every other level of that sport. It makes absolutely no sense that college basketball, the next level down from the NBA, has a totally different set of rules, a totally different three-point line, a totally different... The game is constructed differently. It's The shot clock's 400 seconds long. What the fuck is going on? But, Just make the rules the same. But like 30 of these dudes in the entire NCAA might sniff the league every year. There's guys in Europe and everything, but like the rest are going to be like accountants and like car dealers. DiVincenzo is going to be selling smack in Philly within a decade. I guarantee it. <laughs> smack. That dude's smack anyone. That dude's going to be running a corner for a crew and there's going to be a fucking Netflix special about him at some point. 30 for 30. Nah, ESPN won't exist by the time this happens. It'll be a Netflix special. <laughs> I just can't, dude. I'm I'm just glad it's over. Like, let's just move right, on. Let's dude. talk about. Yeah. Let's talk we got about breaking news. What's the breaking news? Uh, according to Micah, Canelo Triple G officially off for Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. Fuck, man. Well, that kind of sucks. Well, what's his name? Tested positive for steroids, right? Was it Canelo or Triple G? It was Canelo, Canelo and Canelo has come out today in a press conference. And continues to blame the failed drug test on tainted Mexican beef. Which is just the best. <laughs> tainted Mexican beef? They used to call me tainted beef when I was in prison. But uh, Canelo, the, the news is that Canelo is actually the one withdrawing from the fight today uh, in wake of the positive so test. So whatever that means. No, no big fight on Cinco de Mayo weekend. That's usually a great weekend. You have the there whole was, you have perfect there was opportunity for Kentucky McGregor Derby. to step in. There was talk a couple <laughs> months ago when he first failed this test that somebody would slip in and fight K or Triple G, but it just won't be the same. Also, Tony Ferguson's out for UFC 223. Yeah, I don't need to see Triple G pound on some un- unworthy guy's face during so, Cinco de Mayo. I'm not paying. I need 50 a Mexican bucks fighter that. on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that's yeah. it's a long-standing tradition. We need that. So boxing doesn't have like a filling guy because I know for UFC 223, Hol- Max Holloway stepping in, right? He's fighting Khabib instead of who? Uh, Tony Ferguson. What happened to him? What happened to him, Micah? He failed. Is there test. a reason why he stepped out? There's yeah, only three he, things. He, he got he, hurt. He usually he's get either hurt. dead. He got hurt in He hit a woman, or okay, injury usually. Because they they've been trying to make this fight for a long time. And Dana White, after this, I think Ferguson first. Khabib got hurt or pulled out. Now Ferguson pulled out. I think Tony or uh, Dana White was like, "I'm never making this fight again. Like this just isn't happening." Boxing, and MMA. Anyway, I'm glad. Well, I, dude, the MMA is not. Nearly as irrelevant as boxing is. Boxing has become a fucking joke. The biggest fight in our lifetime involved a guy who's not even a professional boxer. <laughs> Would you say that's bigger than Pacquiao, Mayweather? Yes. Okay. It was, dude. That was that was absurd. That was the biggest was sporting event in 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 recent memory. But yeah, no, nah, I mean we've we've spoken to boxing's crooked issues and the fact that they can't even get a fucking 
like brand name fight going for Cinco de Mayo because one of the guys tests positive and then he blames it on tainted beef. <laughs> tainted beef. Tainted it's a valid Mexican excuse beef. in Mexico. Tainted Triple Mexican G beef. apparently has vowed to fight that, uh, continue to fight May 5th. Uh, I haven't seen who he might be fighting, but they would move from the big arena to a smaller one because no one really gives a shit about... There's only two golf, two boxers anyone cares about, and now one of them is out with tainted beef suspension. <laughs> the old tainted beef. It'll get you. Be careful about that beef out there, kids. Hey, it's Masters week. It is. Let's talk about golf. One of the biggest weeks of the year. Uh, My favorite sporting event on the planet. In what we have addressed as... You guys went last year. We did. In 2017, we went to the Masters. I already miss it, man. It seems like it was yesterday. He's we wearing. He's, Dylan's currently wearing a Masters polo. Oh, oh good. Yeah, yeah good. I got it there, actually. Yeah. In the pro shop at Augusta yes. National. You see that we did it? The the golf shop? Yeah, they made it even bigger. It's enormous. It's awesome. It's like 322 hat options or I some go shit. go back just for the, the gear. <laughs> yeah, somebody asked me uh, how much money they should take for the pro shop. And I was like, cool, minimum $750. <laughs> minimum. That's not, a, that's not a joke. That's right. If you plan on going in there and like going bare minimum, the things that you like, $750. Remember we were told that after the Masters has completely ended, they take all the merch that they, had, that they didn't sell and put it in a pile and burn it? Yeah, they set it on fire. Do you believe that? Yeah. Because it doesn't turn up anywhere else, so it kind of makes no, sense. No, that's the whole point. I think they give like all the volunteers and employees out there like opportunity to buy it at like cost, probably. Yeah, and then after they have gone through it and picked at it, I think they probably do like destroy. Yeah, it they somewhere. put it on the 18th green, and they have a huge bonfire. Not on the 18th they, green, oh. but somewhere. Okay. Isn't that crazy? I love that they don't even give it away to charity or something, or like they don't send it to Africa. Dude, like it's the exclusive, in- you have to get it there. Or someone has to bring it to you from there. You can't Only have a bunch of tribal it. people running around with Masters gear on. It devalues the brand, you know. I think if you if you like if I like try to sell this like secondary online eBay, you're think, banned from the Masters. I think someone will show up to my house and like it threaten to kill me. And they'll set you on fire. Yeah, and they'll set my house on fire with me locked in. Was it true though when you were on the grounds that you couldn't like be on your phone at all? Like, even right. in, in the parking if lot? If you even pull it out, then you get banned for life. What the fuck? I, I, I hate those. The people that run the Masters are the worst. Dude, here's the, here's the thing. I love it. You, They're like racist it, pieces of shit. It sounds awful until you're there, and then you're like, okay, yeah, I get well, it. Well, yeah, because the course is so awesome. Because you just overlook everything else. It's all about, everyone go- would it's ha- all about golf and fan experience. That's everyone would have about. their phone out the entire time because it's... They want you to appreciate what's going on in front of your yeah. face. They apparently came out with a list of things that you are immediately banned if you say. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly is on it. That is hilarious. Also, I, the guy like who that. broke that news was claiming he doesn't know what Dilly Dilly is. And I was like, <laughs> come on, dude. Shut the fuck up, dude. If you don't know what Dilly Dilly is and you're a sports writer, you should be fired. It just means you're not watching the games. What an idiot. But is this not the most excited Masters in recent memory? In we a have, decade, they're saying, Dan. We got Tiger. We got Bill. Phil. We got fucking. We got Jordan. Everyone's playing their best golf right now. I would kill for a $1.50 pimento cheese sandwich right now. I would kill for one from the Masters. Who do you guys Shit like? so good. Who do you guys like? I'm all really, these guys really playing well. scared that Bubba Watson is going to come out and win another Masters. I don't need have that. To cry. Yeah, I I can't. He's do already it. got two wins this I year. I can't do it again. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's going to be in the mix and it's going to suck. He is balling. Oh, that right guy now. fucking sucks as a human. I'm going to call it right now though. Call my shot. I put my money on the line. Fifty bucks to win three grand. It is Coocher's year. I love this move. I'm all about Cooch. Coocher is going to backdoor his way into a win. 
we, we saw, saw him at a hole in one on 16. We saw Cooch at a hole in one, and I'm, I will forever be a Cooch fan. That and was one of the best moments of live sports for me. It, it'll, it'll be top three for the rest of my life. The no matter what happens. when it finally rolled in was deafening. Uh, it was, and it was awesome. after like 20 people coming close and us almost shitting our pants, and then it just finally had, Anyway, but well, Cooch, Cooch makes a run every year. And Every he just, Sunday. He doesn't quite close it out. Quietly backdoors into a top five. He's going to quietly backdoor into a major one day because somebody's going to fall apart. Kind of like Dan, if Danny Willett can backdoor into a win. Wait, 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 wait. Has Cooch never won a major? No. Fuck. He's won like very obscure tournaments. Oh, fuck. Had Sergio ever won a major? Not till last year. See? Yeah. So like I'm thinking Coocher, I mean, he's like. The human equivalent to a bronze medal, which is what he won at the Olympics. The human equivalent to a bronze medal. That's not what you want to be described be called. as. <laughs> and, but uh, I think this is finally his time. God, I can't wait. Can't wait to th- see Kucha throw on that green jacket. All right. Do y'all, Dylan, I know you don't bet on sports, but Dan, have you bet extensively on the Masters before? Yeah. So I got Kucha 60 to 1. Okay. I'm not talking about him. futures. I'm talking about like the day to day. Oh, no, no. Where you like matchups? Yeah. Haven't done that yet. It's so de- going it's to. so degenerate, and I do it every year, and every year I get my ass crushed because the it's impossible. To, like with other sports, I understand you know how the odds are set and how the point spreads work and and why they are the way they are, but it'll be two golfers matched up against each other. I that I do not grasp how they've determined these odds, and I just start throwing money at different golfers, and by the end of the week, it's just it all it's all gone. It's like Ryan Bourne versus Louis Oosthuizen, and you're just like fuck yeah, Louis, Louis yeah, plus a half. That's that's exactly. Yeah, exactly what happens. I'm like, well, I've seen Louie play. I know Louie. I don't know who the fuck this other guy is. <laughs> Who's this loser? How is and Louis, he's getting half a How is Louie not favored? And then I'm all over Louie, and then Louie gets, loses by six is strokes. Is it like baseball, though, where it's like one and a half for all of them, or like half, or is it like, does it change? I don't I usually just bet like the, what, what's the equivalent of like the money line. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's really fun. It's just also really hard to keep track of. As they're because you, you know, have to go through the entire yeah, scoreboard. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. They've made it a little bit better. Like last year, they added a search feature to the scoreboard for gamblers. <laughs> it's like the only reason it exists, uh, which makes it a little bit easier to track your matchups. And you can like star all the guys you have money on or against so that they'll be over in the side on their own leaderboard alone, uh, which helps a little too. But all in all, this is one of my favorite things to gamble on every year. But I've never made money betting on the Masters ever. And uh, I think I might get on this cooch train with you just for shits Fuck and yeah, gigs. Dude. Sixty to one, throw a hundred bucks on and win six grand. God, that'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it also, if I put a hundred dollars on him, it, it all but guarantees he will not even finish in the top ten. Oh, he'll finish in the top ten. He'll he'll be in the mix. Uh, like putting money on Kucher, pretty much guarantees you're going to be in the mix on Sunday. You're going to be having daydream like dreams on Saturday night about oh, what you're going to do with that money, and then he's just going to fall apart. What do we feel? As a collective group in this room, uh, how do we feel Tiger is going to perform out there? He's going to make some noise. Early. Thursday, Friday. He's going to make some noise. He's going to be He's going to be around Saturday, three or four back. J- uh, just, enough to, just enough to get people horned up for it on Sunday. Yeah, Saturday he's going to kind of teeter off, and then Sunday he'll make a late run, but it'll he's be He's going to be in like the short. fourth or fifth group. See, this is this is what worries me is that we'll get a Friday of him being like three, four strokes back, and everyone gets their dicks hard, and it's just like, oh shit, oh shit, here we go. Then Saturday he fades like three or four more strokes, and it's like, oh well, maybe this isn't as exciting as we thought it was going to be. What happened with us last year was speed. 
Yeah, he just kind of faded. Yeah. Bogeyed out of the gate. Yeah. Well, Sunday wasn't the last group Ricky and Spieth? Yeah. And they just both both, shit the bed. Yeah. They both kind of just faded. Well, it's not even shitting the bed at Augusta. It's just like not having the best day of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's really easy to drop strokes if you if you make a mistake here or there. So it's not like a like a four foot putt has like three breaks in it. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's not realistic. No. I mean you don't even have to shit the bed to drop. Remember two years ago when Danny fucking Willett won? What a trash champion that That's is. what I'm saying. If he can win, there's no reason Matt Kuchar oh, can't. Speed just gifted it to him. Guys like that He's never going to win again. There should be some type of voting thing like five years down the road where they can take your green jacket away if you suck. Yeah, yeah you can't play here anymore, sir. He also shouldn't have been there. His wife was given birth. And he, he was talking about skipping the Masters to see his child be born. And then I guess the baby came out early. Finally made that hey, like, last play. Ryan's playing too. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, that's a little strange. Him. Did he play last year? No. No, nah, right. it's his first one. You never bet... Uh, the first year guy plays a tor- the Masters. No, like, it's too intimidating. He has no. to field out. It's too intimidating, dude. There is no fucking way you could go out there and just wreck your first year ever at the Masters. Unless it's, you're Spieth. But like, was that the, his first? He's the anomaly. No, he got second his first against his Bubba. first year. He was Bubba, still, that's Bubba still won, insane. But he had second. Though. That's still completely insane to be able to go out there and do that. To finish second place your first time on that course, I don't understand mm-hmm. how that's possible. Like, yeah, it, this is his fifth Masters already. So we went second one. Fucking turd. Three collapse. This is four or five. This is his fifth. I'm pretty sure. Okay, fifth. Yeah. I would love, love. I would. I'm trying to think of what I would sacrifice. I would cut off one toe, if you could promise me, Spieth and Tiger both in the top five come Sunday. Last group. A toe. One toe. Mm. I'm not giving up a toe for Spieth. One. Tiger. Tiger. Phil. Last group. Sunday. You don't need all these toes. And Kuchar. Tiger, Phil, Se- and Cooch. Kuchar's second to last group. Tiger, Phil, last group. What the fuck is Phil wearing on the course today? Mizzen and Main. Mizzen and Main button down. <laughs> Why is he wearing a Which fucking button down? Which you can get at manoutfitters.com. Is this something he's trying to make happen? Because this is Wag not alert. happening. I don't know. It's a, it's a practice yeah, it's round. He's not, not playing. He's not wearing fuck. it. you never seen a grown professional. Yeah, but you got to take a practice round fucking seriously. <laughs> he's wearing a fucking. It's a practice he round. He looks like an accountant wandered onto the course. Yeah, but the good thing about Mizzen and Main is they're like performance. Uh, Type shirts, which we sell on manoutfitters.com. Yeah. This is Speed's fifth Masters, by the way. Yep, uh, Dylan said that. Uh, Tiger's first grouping includes Leishman and Fleetwood. I love that because it's just three guys with golf names. Like you know Leishman and Fleetwood, even if you don't know them. Our own David Ruff is a huge uh, Tommy Fleetwood guy. Because of his flow, because of his hair, his fucking hair. He's is a tiny incredible. man, but he he, lo- he loves dogs. Very little human being. Very very good hair. Yeah. And then Leishman, and a just a good name. Swing. I don't even know what the fuck Leishman looks like. To be uh, he's a, a big giant Irish Aussie. He's, he's Australian. Irish, I think. He's Aussie. Oh wait, there's another big dude who's Irish. I always get confused with. Hey, oh, who's, um, who's Lowry? Ca- yeah, Lowry. Whose caddy is it that has the the legs that are like tree trunks? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm One not of them. sure. Fuck. I need to remember who that is. It, the guy's legs are just something else. Uh, any other thoughts on the Masters before we move on? Cooch, uh, man. Let's go. Go Tiger. That's all. Wonderful. I'll, I'll settle for tiger, a Tiger win, too, if if, if Cooch can't. He would set the sporting world on fire if Tiger won. It'd be the greatest comeback of all time. Easily. But. It would. It, I think that would... That would. I mean, from from... The top of the mountain to the bottom of the valley to back to the top of the mountain in the span of 20 years. 
be a crazy story. It's already a crazy story. I'm excited uh, also that his ex-girlfriend is trying to get the NDA that he made her sign. uh, Thrown out. and void so she can kind of like release the deets. She can talk about his cock. Need Need more tiger cock talk. Haven't we seen it? I feel like we've yeah, seen we it. Have. Yeah, we've seen it. Golden showers. I've Hooters never waitresses. seen that. I've seen his penis. I don't Perkins think I've waitresses. seen him pee on anybody. Speaking <laughs> of cock talk, let's talk about our new sponsor, our newest sponsor, Onnit. Onnit.com slash Grandex. Get you some alpha brain. What's this got to do with cocks? Absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, well, our own, uh, earlier we recorded the first episode of Substyle on its own feed. And our, uh, one of our guests, Connor Moore, mentioned that you can really lay pipe on Alpha Brain. Is that so? Yeah. Wow. That's just an, a benefit we didn't even know existed. Alpha Brain. He said amazing. You, you mix Alpha Brain with New Mood and you lay Ultimate Pipe. Is well, that safe? Is that like something we can safely recommend? I don't know, but Onnit is actually handing out uh, a free supply of Alpha Brain. You can test it out yourself if you go to onnit.com slash grandex. You get a free trial. I believe it's a seven-day free trial of Alpha Brain. Find out for yourself, folks. That's right. It's caffeine-free, so I think it's safe. Yeah, it's all natural supplements. I take New Mood every night before I go to sleep. I've been having the craziest fucking dreams. It's tight. I smoke weed every night before I go to sleep. I smoke weed, and I mix it with New, new Mood. You can't get weed at onit.com, however. No, you can't. Uh, you only pay shipping. You go to onit.com slash grandex. You also get 10% off anything else on the site. But yeah, that, one, that free trial for Alpha Brain... Is what a ton of people have been doing. Uh, it's it's apparently the best shit ever. I took some this morning, and it's it's awesome. And you look just sharp Thank mentally. You. you also get ten percent off other 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 products. If you Any go other products on onit.com/grandex. This the free trial for Alpha Brain, by the way, not going to be available forever. We're not exactly sure when it's going to end, though. So it's kind of a first come first serve situation. So maybe just do it now. Do it now. Get to the website. All right, what else? We have another sponsor, obviously, as always, manoutfitters.com, where you can use the promo code UNDERBOY at checkout to get stuff like Dan's Mizzen and Main that he was just talking about. Uh, For 15% off your entire order, if you spend $150 or more, you also get free shipping. We've got a fresh new shipment of Patagonia for the season. Uh, If you hit Man Outfitters, you can actually just click on the new tab at the top or the massive banner that says Spring 2018 New Arrivals. We've got some really cool shit that has caught my eye. Get yourself some swim trunks. Dude, we've got a, I would argue, the best selection of swim trunks in the entire internet. It's pretty clear to see. Uh, so check it out. we got some new ones from Burmese, which are very, very cool looking. Uh, they're five-inch inseams, so you have to like... Tuck your cock in. you got to put your dick somewhere. Yeah. Um, Schwood sunglasses. They, we got a ton of... A, just go look at the fucking website. Do I have to list out all the brands again? Come on. We talk about this every week. Manoutfitters.com. Use the promo code UNDERBOY at checkout and get 15% off your whole order. We got a ton of rowdy gentlemen on Man Outfitters, so you can get a bunch of different brands here's all the, at once. Here's the thing, too. We just opened up the new office. Lights are still on. It'd be a real, real shame if uh, all of a sudden lights went off and we just couldn't do this anymore. Yeah, we'll come light you on fire if that happens. Man Outfitters foots the bill. It is that is true. And we're giving you fifteen percent off to try to, you know, poke you in the dick to get you to go over there and do this. Do it. So if you want any more of this grade A content, go to manoutfitters.com. 
Hey, you could also call our hotline, the backdoor cover hotline. It's 800-392-6344. To ask us a question, leave us a take, a rant. uh, Make fun of us. Make fun of us. Go in on dance, bad takes, whatever you want to do. Request more Bone Zone. Whatever you want to do. That's what the hotline is there for. Uh, We can't promise you we'll play your call if you leave a shitty-ass voicemail, but if you leave a good one, we'll play it, and we'll respond to it. And that's cool. You know the back and forth between host and listener? That's what we're all here for. That's what we're all here for. We got one more segment. We're going to bring in College Football Hall of Famer, four-time Pro Bowler, and founder and president of the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation, Doug English. Micah just totally botched the spelling of English. This motherfucker put Doug Ing... Ink... Ink... Kiss. Ink... Kiss. His his uh family friend. Yeah. That this guy's known him like Micah's his entire life. He can't even spell <laughs> English. The tight thing is I can't even see what he's doing behind me. The interview's awesome, I promise you. He talks about his career in the NFL back in the seventies and eighties. Walter Payton. Awesome guy. How the game has changed, all that stuff, and then his awesome charity that he, he's worked so hard for. The uh, Lone Star Paralysis Foundation. So listen to it. He he's a badass and like I said, just an, a manly, manly man. His hands are yeah. huge. Right. Great handshake. He picked Dan up off the floor by his head. Yep. Palmed his head and lifted him. <laughs> Almost squashed it like the mountain. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, fuck. Okay. What now? That That's it. Then we wrap. We love you all. Okay, before we get back to it, let's talk about something that affects two-thirds of men before the age of 35. That is hair loss. The problem is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's already too late. It's a lot easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair that you've lost. So the question is, do you want a bald spot to pop up, or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to recede, or do you want to do something about it first? Why do guys turn to weird solutions, or just do nothing, when they can turn to proven medicine and science? So that's why we have partnered with our friends over at 4 Uh It's a one-stop shop for hair care, hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science and decades of science, baldness can be optional. Hems connects you with real doctors in your state and medical solutions to treat hair loss. Uh, these are well-known genetic, uh, generic equivalents to brand-name prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Uh, again, this is stuff backed by science. There is no waiting room. There is no doc- awkward doctor visit. You just go to 4hems.com slash backdoor and you... T- you f- answer a a series of questions the whole thing takes about five minutes you take a few photos of your head and your scalp they they uh, pair you with a doctor in your state and then the next thing you know you've got a package for you at your door so if you order now listeners of backdoor cover will get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today while supplies last go to the website for full details Uh, this would normally cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy Think about trying to schedule a doctor's visit, waiting in the waiting room, having to talk about something embarrassing like hair loss. Instead, you just take a few photos, and then you don't even have to go to the pharmacy and pick it up and, and look the pharmacist in the eye. It just shows up at your door. So go to 4 slash backdoor. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash backdoor. 4 slash backdoor. Start saving your hair now. He's a college football Hall of Famer, four-time Pro Bowler, no big and, deal. And founder and president of the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation, Doug English. Doug, thank you for uh, being here with us. Well, it's fun to do. It's my first podcast. I know that's 
Welcome to the that future. That me, but uh, welcome to the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We also found out that you're a good friend uh, or old friend of uh, producer Micah, so I'm tempted, tempted to just ask about Micah as a child, but we won't do that. <laughs> we'll just talk about the important stuff today instead. Well, you, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep all the good stories about Micah to myself. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. You'll have to learn them on your own. <laughs> so you played 10 years in the NFL, correct? Yes. All for, all for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. What was that grind like? <laughs> 24 hours from Austin on the dot. That is a long career. <laughs> yeah, it was a great career. It was a, uh, it's like playing – when you play defense in Detroit, it's like playing 15 years. Yeah. You're on the field a lot more, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> True. you know, the, the, the great thing about playing for – there are two great things about playing for Detroit. Uh, one was that the Ford family owns it. The William Clay Ford family owns it, and they are that that family is just some of the nicest, most caring people, certainly in the NFL, and in the country. That's always a huge plus to be, you know, playing for somebody that you. They respect. they made sure. I mean, the important stuff. They made sure we had the absolute best medical care. Uh, you know, like I said, they weren't known as one of the great paying teams and certainly we never were a big winning team but when it came to player health they never deadened an injury to get somebody back on the field they cared about our futures uh and they were just always accessible and and just I, I keep in touch with them today they're great people the other thing is that detroit uh being such a blue collar town right was just great i mean you know if you're a good person and if your checks didn't bounce, come on in. Right. But if you were an asshole and and thought too much of yourself, then I don't that care if you're all Detroit. everything. Stay outside. <laughs> you're not invited. Yeah. And so it's just really down-to-earth people, and, and, and it was a great experience, uh, an experience I needed at that time, I think. Sure. And it, was just, it was just great playing up there. I have no complaints. So what years, I guess, did your 10-year career span in the NFL, just for a little bit of context? Uh, I was a rookie in 75 and my last year in 85. So even... Now, those know, math majors out there will say, wait a minute, Doug, that's 11 years. But I did skip 1980. Ah, there's your explanation, mathletes. Even in the 70s and 80s where you, where you played, you say the Ford family was kind of like ahead of their time health-wise, player care-wise? Because obviously that's you know a huge issue that's talked about constantly in the NFL today. Oh yeah, well it's becoming more and more important now the guys are becoming my age and older and are starting to suffer the effects of of you know a lot of head trauma over the years and you know who didn't it's like smoking, right. you know? All of a sudden, oh gosh, smoking. Well, we used to call them cancer sticks. Everybody knows smoking's bad for you. Everybody knows running into people with your head's bad for you. We knew right. that at the time. It's not exactly shocking, yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, and now the reality's hitting that there are a lot of guys that really, you know, can't find can't find their house. I mean, that are really having serious problems. And that's yeah. just with the brain issues. You know, there's, yeah. I mean, God, everybody I know, I mean, they're getting knees replaced and hips replaced and shoulders replaced and having all sorts of health problems. Yeah, you're looking I pretty spry, really though. You walked in. I, I don't see any problems. You're, you got, you got a you swagger feeling? in your step. <laughs> I'm in pretty good shape. It's you know I've I've got a ranch outside of town. I spend most days doing something 
physical on there. So that's, that's I hear that's good for you. It's supposed to and be. That's yeah. not why I'm doing it. It's because I enjoy it. <laughs> I feel like you could suit up right now, like Cleveland. Like Cleveland calls. <laughs> you, you saying no? Oh, it's a little different game now. I'm not sure I, in my best day I could suit up now. I mean, but, 10 years on the defensive line in the NFL, you would think you would take a pretty good beating over the time. But like you said, you look like you're pretty good shape. I'm I'm really fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Stayed stayed pretty healthy. That's great. Now, did you beef up when you were on the D line? I was a little heavier. I was like two sixty, two sixty five. Okay. Uh, do you have I'm like, like a, two forty five? An off season regiment where you just kind of like try to put down as much food as possible, or uh, well, <laughs> well, I had an off season regiment. We'd start. I'd start lifting weights, you know, like in the spring, like March. I'd take a couple months off, and then March kind of find the weight room. And then June, start combining a lot of running in the morning and then with weights afterwards. And, you know, that that was actually a pretty ahead-of-its-time workout back then. You know, a lot of guys prided themselves on not doing anything and reporting to camp and getting getting in shape (laughs) in camp. Which is hilarious. Also, you you can't do that anymore. Oh, God, no. And, and that, you know, it, looking back, it was, you know, I, my career spanned old school to new school. So it was really kind of a nice time to play to get the perspective of both sides. Right. Honestly, my rookie year, I mean, the, the, the NFL locker room before the first season game was like a as smoky as any bar room I'd been in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cigar- uh, coaches are bumming cigarettes off players, and players are lighting cigarettes for each other, and there's ashtrays by the lockers. And, you know, it <laughs> was Did, did you all have greenies, like in baseball? Uh, Just the older the guys room? talked about uh, taking them, but, again, the, the Lions organization I don't think was ever a part of that, and I never – they weren't around the locker room when I was there. What were, what okay. were, the, what were those – it was like speed. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They would just put yeah, it in like coffee and stuff, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. you yeah said, I, sh- I should have acted like, oh, what's a greenie? <laughs> <laughs> you said you played at 260. Uh, were you considered undersized? I know the game has changed, and now you line up a D-tackle at 260. You're probably going to get pushed around, you know, in 2018. Were you considered undersized back then, or is that about what everyone else is playing at? Well, uh, actually, both ways. Uh, when I came in as a rookie, I was huge. Yeah. At six six two sixty. Yeah. And then when I went out as a ten year veteran at six six two sixty sixty five, I was small and sk- tall and skinny. <laughs> yeah. So the game changed a lot. What uh, is that? What What is it that spurred that type of quick? Ch- I mean, because that's in just a decade, you went from being on the big side of things to the smaller side of things. That's just well, it's a ch- it well, you know, it depends on how far back you want to go with it. The rules changes change what you see on the field ultimately. Okay. It's always a product of the rules. And as I began to liberalize uh, blocking rules for offensive linemen, then that changed the type of defenses that, that played and the way you played defense. And as the defense has changed, the type and size guys you need on the defensive line changed. And so what you're seeing now with 320-pound defensive linemen right. uh, is just a, a – a pro- and, and, and skinny – Outside linebackers and, right. and weak side defensive end and and you know stuff like that and little guys there is just strictly the way they play defense now. Defense is now a chess game. I mean everybody just goes to their area of responsibility and they just run sideline to sideline, holding that 
that place and waiting for some guy to stumble and they find the cutback lane a little bit more and they of send a, a lot of blitzes and stunts and stuff to it's all just a chess game a little bit more of an aerial attack now oh god so you gotta yeah, have I'll linebackers say. that cover i'll say yeah yeah in 75 they weren't really throwing the ball around near as much as they were i guess in 85 when you when you, you yeah, know no, in 85 some of the you know air attack san francisco uh bill walsh west coast uh, started throwing the ball a lot and uh you know, they, and then they, the, the Chicago kind of started with the wide open, you know, spread them out defense, try to spread out the field a lot more. And, and, and you know, again, you, as they develop new styles of offense, they develop new styles of defense to check it, and it's going to keep going that way. Sure. Huh. What about – so, okay, I guess speaking on the changes that have happened with the league and, you know, during your time up until present day till now – and with all the new safety rules that have been put into place during this offseason even, um, how do you think that's affected the game? Is it just in terms of you sitting there watching it, is it more enjoyable to you, less enjoyable? Well, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to answer that question. I I don't watch it that much anymore. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's not as enjoyable to me It's because it's not as – it's sort of, I don't know. It's kind of like pro wrestling now. I mean, it's it's just there's just a lot of junk going on, and and and. But I remember before almost every game, certainly every big game, the defensive coordinator or the defensive line coach would come up to me and say, "Okay, now to win this game, you have to do this to that guy you're playing across from, and you have to never allow their scheme to do this to you." Right whatever this was, it, uh, this du jour. Specific goals, yeah. And because and every game, it was usually different. Somebody had a little strong point, a little variation on the blocking scheme, and, and, and we, you know, defend it all week in practice, and then, boom, go out there and execute. Sure. And, and, and so, and back then, I mean, a defensive back would line up on a receiver and beat his ass all day long and the receiver is doing everything he can to get free of that guy. And it's a man-on-man competition between that one defensive back, let's say their best defensive back and their best receiver, and they just shadow him all over the field because right. it was all man-on-man. And, and I know, you know, there's – they'd have me line up on a guy because he was really effective, an effective blocker, so I'd go line up on him because that's what I did, is not get blocked. Right. And, and or something like that, you know, we might move a guy around a little bit just to take advantage of weakness. But, but ultimately, it was 11 guys beating the ass of 11 other guys. And wherever, whoever won the most of those battles would win the game. Well, now it's really set up like a chess match between the two coaching staffs. And it's just when do we blitz the safety? When do we, you know, run this trick play? When do we bring that guy in <clears throat> from the outside? And it just, you know, and, and how do we disguise man and give him zone and zone and give him man? And, and, and there's just so much trickery now. And it's, and, and the players are almost like bookmarks. Yeah. I mean, they're just sort of. Huh. That's interesting. To th- think you don't about. have nearly the, the individual yeah. against individual competition that it used to be in the old days. But you know what? They sell a lot more beer and cars now. So that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. It's, uh, the game is a lot more complicated, complex. It's more coaching strategy and scheming than it is 
The old school mentality whip the guy's ass across from you. Right. That's just not really the way it works anymore. Which I can understand how that would be uh, less pleasing to watch for a guy that was a part of the old school game. I mean, I'm usually you could I'd watch my position. I could see how the team was going to go by how the guy was playing, right? Playing that three technique, because if he's not getting hooked, and if they can't knock him off the line with a double team, they're in trouble. Then you, they were going to have a pretty good day on defense, you know. Now, throughout your career, when you stepped on the field, who's that guy that was like, that is the most talented man I've ever seen step on a football field? When I was playing, yeah. Oh God! There's. You know, there, let me tell you, in that league, there are so many. Uh, I'm yeah, I don't of know the where Chicago to start, Bear. but have, you said you're from Chicago. No, I'm thinking no. of the Chicago Bear. Well, yeah, his name's Walter Payton. Yeah, yeah, and they, he's still the guy that. And I was about to say Walter before you brought that up. Okay, Walter was. Uh, you know, we were f- rookies together until we played in the Senior Bowl together and kind of became friends, and then then we went. You know, I don't know how many Pro Bowls he went to, but he was at every one I was at. <laughs> and uh, he might have been to, you know, all 10 or 11 or however long he played. But, uh, but you know, he's just the sweetest, best guy. But, man, for those three or four seconds when he was running with the ball, I mean, even most running backs, you once you wrap them up and just have them in that death grip and you're taking them to the ground and you're trying to position yourself where your weight lands on top of them, then you know, at some point they they'd protect themselves and they they you know they'd ball up and they Walter you could feel his knees hitting you in the side all the way to the ground. I mean he's scrambling and trying to get out of that all the way till you hit the ground. He it was a really a and then he he'd compliment you after the play with his high voice you know and get up and run back to huddle. Yeah he was he was a man's <laughs> man. I'll tell you what. That's demoralizing when the guy's nice. He yeah. pats you on the ass. I know. Why can't you be an why can't you be an asshole? It'd be a lot easier to play against. Uh, that's a good answer, Walter Payton. Obviously, um, anybody else that really stood out to you that every time they were on the field, you were just like blown away by the level of talent that they well, had. You know, I, I was no admirer of offensive linemen, of course, playing defensive line, of course. But one guy that I had to say I enjoyed watching. You know, of course, we'd get three game films before each game, yada yada, and, and so we'd watch. You know the guy we're going to play across from, but a lot of times, you know, I'd, I'd end up seeing this guy on on the game film for one reason or another. But uh, uh, Big John Hanna, okay. former Alabama All American, and, and played for. Uh, I know he ended up in New England. I'm trying to remember where he started. Uh, Cleveland, maybe. Huh? Maybe he was in New England the whole time. But anyway, uh, he he's. Uh, I bet you Michael Michael's going to Google that real quick, but. Uh, he was fun to watch because he did really sick things to the people playing across from him. <laughs> I mean, the guy was like lining up across a fr- from a freight train, a dump truck. I mean, he just, it was just, he. I mean, guys that were all pro, and he would just move them back five and eight and ten yards and then pound them on their backs. I mean, it, it was he, and plus he's such a class act. Uh, became a good friend of mine, and, and uh, uh, he was he was fun to watch. He fun, was a real special fun to watch player, but probably not so fun to play against. Huh? Well, actually, uh, he and I. And it's a funny story. We we were going to play New England, and my coach came up to me and said, "Hey, this is a real right-handed, real strong side team." He said, "So we're going to move you over to the left tackle this week for this game." 
And so I've been seeing John Hanna on film playing across from me on the right. Okay. I go, go, bullshit. I'm not (laughs) going to suddenly show up on the other side because the best offensive lineman in the NFL is in my old position. That's bullshit. No, you got to do it for us. It's like, and so, you know, and it got worse and worse until we were almost, I mean, literally we were at each other's throats. Yeah. And, and so, uh, he, 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 I prevailed somehow. I mean, somehow he, they went with it, and so I ended up playing across from Hannah. And he, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a battle. But that was actually what I, you know, growing up in the University of Texas system, that's what we did is learn how to stuff double teams and stuff really direct drive blocks. And so, as it, and it turned out well, and we won the game. And and I've always thought he was the best offensive lineman I ever played across. And somebody said they heard him do an interview, and he said the same about me. So it was a good it was That's a good, good. You got the mutual and, admiration going yeah, on, mutual yeah. respect. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, um, a lot of the uh, old school guys, they'll talk about like when they get in the piles or the scrums and everything, just just the nasty, dirty, just terrible things that would happen in those piles. Could, could you speak on that? or You know, there, there wasn't – I don't remember that much going on in a pile. I mean, you know, you'd – there, you know, I I'd, I heard the same stories. Okay. And and I'm not sure how many. So of cannot them confirm. Have been embellished and how many have been made up, but I didn't see that much. I mean. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, it's funny because you cannot get away with it anymore. There's 400 cameras with right. ultra HD pointed right at your head. Everybody sees that shit the second that you try to pull anything dirty off. So. Yeah, but that's just, it's an old, it's you know it's something we always hear about as younger guys. People f- like fish hooking gouged you. in the <laughs> eye, or you know, well, grabbing nuts, it. and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd be a lot balls. more interesting if I could tell you I did that, but you know, I, I, <laughs> hey, just we, tossing a finger. See, I was usually breathing so hard, I didn't. I wanted to take every second of rest I could. <laughs> Start fighting with some guy underneath a pile of bodies. Well, tell us a little bit about the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation when it started, how you got involved. Uh, wow. Well, thank you. It's this thing has been a life's work now. I mean, we're about to start our 39th year of the Lone Star Classic. Now, the Lone Star Classic was not always the Lone Star Classic. Originally, it was called the Austin Classic. Okay. And I just showed up as a local jock to play in the thing. And uh, Dan Pastorini was the host who played for the Oilers then the Houston Oilers back yeah. then. Yeah. And uh it was a fun tournament. I'll tell you what with Pastorini and his guys there. It was a lot of fun. Get a little wild. And consequently I don't think they didn't really make any money for the charity <laughs> and it was a it didn't work out too well. The next year they said, Okay, well that went well, would you be the host? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll be the host. You know, free beer. Yeah. And so I was the host and and, and then after two or three years of that it became I became more and more involved with the inner workings. And and then uh, about that time, my career ended with a spinal cord injury. But also, it, what really interested me was that the, 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 the medical treatment that I received in Henry Ford Hospital as a result of the Ford family insistence on us having the very best doctors was so superior to what anyone that I knew that had the same injury and the effect that they had, the result that they had. And that, you know, that kind of interested me more than anything. Well, how can that, how can that be so different? Yeah, you know that makes I mean? sense. 
And so, so anyway, then I became more and more involved in, in spinal cord injuries and injury research. We uh, grew up and, and started the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation, and it became a bona fide foundation pretty quickly. And we started a, a, a partnership with then Brackenridge Hospital. And so we started buying these various high-tech pieces of equipment designed to gradually increase strength and mobility and and we've had a lot and basically everybody gets better uh, you know whether it's cardiovascular bed sore spasticity bowel and bladder control i mean you know there's just so many ways to to get better but you know people were able to start using their arms whereas they couldn't lift them above their shoulders and a lot of people started weight bearing and pretty soon people we had a few several people and still do have people that that learn to walk again. The coolest thing that's happened in this whole deal, despite all the people that you know rolled in, walked out, right, is that there's a social piece of this that has come out of nowhere that we weren't we weren't expecting. It wasn't in the design, but the fact that there's a place because after three o'clock, all the equipment is available to people with spinal cord injuries. Okay, and so you know you don't have to have a insurance to for a for a therapy or money from us for therapy. I mean, it's just come by, get a little workout on equipment that's made for people in wheelchairs. And then they, they hang out and they socialize, they have potluck dinners, they go do sports yeah. together and concerts together. They all, they're our best source of volunteers for the, our fundraisers. And, and, and honestly, when we started doing this, there were, oh, I don't know, a, a, one or two, maybe more, suicides a year in this community because yeah because it's just so devastating yeah it can be really defeating if you don't have the uh, therapeutic for them to you know kind of and then to suddenly have a community that that you all have so much in common and you're able to do things and make new friendships i can't remember the last suicide that's so this is this is something that in our new center we're going to push even more we're going to have a bigger social area we're going to really try to uh help that along well, that's and really support cool. that. I got to say uh, props to you, Doug, for, for finding something meaningful to do after your career in football was over. Just, and, it's, and something that relates well to what you, you know, having your, a spinal injury of your own and, and football, obviously, lots of spinal injuries take place. So it's cool that you found a way to um, do some good. Well, it kind of found me, but thank you. It's It's been... It's been a labor of love, and that's what it is for, I, I want to say, for the entire board because nobody gets paid. We don't eat, we buy our lunch when we meet. If I go right. see a researcher in, in New York or California or Detroit or, or Denver, which places I've been to see researchers, I buy my own plane ticket, my own hotel, my own meals. We don't do reimbursements for anybody. We have two people that work part time that help us one with the events, one with the books. And other than that, it's all volunteer. And that's why, that's why the, the vast majority of the, of the money we raise goes to the mission and not to pay some dude right. to go out and fundraise. Which, which could be the problem with foundations and fundraisers and whatnot. Yeah. So well, that's I, very I, cool I tell hear. everybody, I said, ask for a copy of their tax return. Yeah. Check them out. See how much is really going to the mission. It's you'd be shocked if you knew how little percentage-wise some people who call themselves foundations. I've read uh, some. Goes about to it. a mission. It's pretty upsetting. 
Um, well, on that note, how can a couple of past presidents? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Or one president, one president hopeful have a foundation that I think I don't know what they're. I think it's less than ten percent goes to mission. I don't know. I, I, somebody, they make a lot of money. But then I read it online too, so it could be well. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Uh, well, in what ways can our our listeners, or anybody, or us, or anybody, uh, help out or give to to the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation? Well, thank you. Uh, you know, if, if you, I tell you, one of my favorite ways, one of the most fun ways to do it, is to go to Jack Allen's Kitchen and order the queso. Really? Because he gives us a dollar for every one of those babies. Wow! And I it amounts queso. to. Thousands and thousands of dollars a year. That's this cool. I can do. And we don't have to ask him. Very generous. He brings the money. You what know, about ways for There's people a lot of fundraisers. Then the Lone Star Classic is coming up April 12th and 13th. The pre-party will be at GSDNM oh, cool. in the courtyard. And then the, then the golf is at Onion Creek. And then the gala is at the AT&T Center. Nice. And that's, that's where the generosity of the people that support Lone Star Paralysis Foundation is in full display. At the gala? Because, yeah, because one of the things we, we started also was called what we call a negative auction. So let's say we need a $20,000 piece of equipment for the recovery center. Right. Then Bill Engball, who hosts it now, uh, will, he likes to do the auction. He'll say, okay, we're going to auction this piece of equipment off. And, so, and every bid counts. So if you donate to buy this piece of equipment and it'll go into the recovery center. Got it. Many times the first hand says, I'll buy the whole thing. <laughs> and then we're auctioning off something for 50 next. And then three hands go up and boom, it's sold. And it's just, it's so emotional. It's so overpowering to see people who share their success with all these folks that need desperately this, this type of re, uh, re, rehabilitation therapy and recovery therapy. What about people who are, might be you know, outside, out of, out of Austin, state yeah. or, or around the country or whatever? Is there a way they can give through a website or anything like that? Yeah, yeah we're uh, LoneStarParalysis.org. And um, there are there is a tab in there to, to give, and it kind of keeps, keeps us up with. You know, we've got an Amazon Prime account, so, I mean, they can, they can take their uh, – they can add that to their uh, purchases at Amazon. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, th there's a lot of, lot of neat things that, that they can do. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at, for any of y'all who might be outside Austin, outside of Texas, whatever, obviously, uh, if you go to LoneStarParalysis.org, as Doug just mentioned, there's a donate button. Smash it. At the bottom of that page, hit that button, give some money, help some people out who need the help. Uh, Doug, we, we appreciate you coming Obviously, it means a lot. Um, it's always good for us to talk about something that's actually meaningful instead of just, <laughs> instead of just bullshitting with each other about, uh, about, about things we don't really know anything about. So we, we really do appreciate you coming through. Absolutely. Um, and Thanks, we'll Doug. be sure to stay on people to make sure that they hit the website and, and volunteer if they can or do, do whatever uh, to, to help you all out at the Lone Star Paralysis Foundation. Well, we deeply appreciate that because it really is a, it takes a, a lot of volunteer effort to pull off what we do, but it's, it's very gratifying. Well, thanks for doing it. Doug English. Thank you everybody. guys. What a fun deal.